0: Good morning everyone and welcome to this joint service of Hillhead and Grove Lane Baptist Churches and of course as always a very special welcome to members of our family and friends joining us from all across the country and around the world. Our service this morning will be led jointly by the Minister of Grove Lane, the Reverend Dr Ruth Goldborn, and the Minister of Hillhead, the Reverend Katrina Gorton. During this service, we'll also hear the voices of Emma, Lizzie, Dorothy, and Holly. And our musicians this morning are Paul and Yang Yang from Hillhead and Nick from Grove Lane. In a moment or two, Nikan and Nikiar will be lighting our candle and we're all invited to light a candle at the same time, if we'd like to do that. And just a wee reminder that we will be celebrating communion together later in the service. Uh, So, please have something ready to eat and drink when we reach that point. Now, just a a couple of announcements specifically for Grove Lane. Uh, Ruth asked me to remind you that the usual email will arrive later today with all the news for this coming week. But she also asked that I specifically mention Stuart's memorial which will be held next Saturday at the 7th of August at 2 p.m. in the Grove Lane Church building. So that is Stuart's Memorial next Saturday, the 7th of August at 2 p.m. in the church building. And now just a couple of announcements specifically for Hill um, Remember there's no evening service uh, this week, but at 7 p.m. Katrina will be leading the reflection during the Baptist Union of Scotland's National Prayer Stream Live. If you'd like to attend, uh, if you just go to the homepage of the Baptist Union of Scotland, which is scottishbaptist.com, you'll find the Zoom link there. So that's 7pm this evening, Katrina leading the reflection on the Baptist Union of Scotland National Prayer Stream Live. And finally, Katrina's just Uh, reminding us that if we would still like to contribute something to the service on Places That Inspire Us, please do that by Wednesday of this week. But now, it's over to Nikan and Nikiar to light our candle.
1: As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse r- Christ's light this day.
2: Well, I have to say, it's really remarkably emotional seeing two churches I love so much together. And it's actually 20 years since I started my long placement at Grove Lane, um, and that doesn't feel like more than a couple of days ago. So it's great to be together. This is the time to worship God, who brings us life.
3: This is the time to sing God's praise, who brings us joy.
2: This is the time to pray to God, who brings us forgiveness and renewal.
3: This is the time to listen to God's word, who brings us guidance and hope.
2: This is the time to show our love for God, who loves us with a never-ending love. We come to God in prayer, and after I've led us in a short prayer of approach, Emma will lead us in the Lord's Prayer, and you're invited, if you'd like to, to join in with our mics muted in whatever language or form is the most normal and natural for you. So let's pray together. God, our creator, as we focus our hearts and minds in worship, we are drawn again to the wonder of who you are. As we gather across the nation and around the world, you are with us in each distinct location, not as some vague disembodied entity, but as one who loves us with a never-ending love. And when this service is over, When we put down the phone, when we tap or click the leave button, you will remain with us, unseen, unheard, maybe unnoticed in whatever lies ahead of us. Today, as every day, you are active, creating and recreating redeeming and saving, sustaining and inspiring, transforming our broken and disordered world into the likeness of heaven. This mystery blows our minds and comforts our souls. This truth strengthens us in the struggle and empowers us for service. This hope is found in no one other than Jesus, who has promised to be with us always, to the very end of time. So help us, we pray, to listen carefully for your voice, whispering words we need to hear, to encourage, empower, and energise us as we fulfill your call on each one of our lives. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses
4: First reading today is Genesis chapter 6, uh, chapter 15, verses 1 to 6. After this, the word of the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, "O sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and the one who will inherit my estate is Eliezer of Damascus?" And Abram said, you have given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son coming from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the heavens and count the stars. If indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham, uh, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness.
3: Matthew chapter 13, verse 31. Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it's the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. it is said that during our present weirdness, people have turned to or have re-engaged with former hobbies, with enthusiasm. And included in these, and indeed high on the list, of these are gardening and baking, especially bread. And so the two parables that we have just heard seem to have a particular place in our current context. Albeit one that's rather different from the one in which Jesus first preached them. For Jesus was talking to people who baked bread as a daily necessity for survival, who grew, grew crops in order to feed the family. And perhaps if conditions were favorable for selling in the market so that other necessities could be brought. Now, I know that there have been times, and there kind of are times at the moment when shelves are empty and baking our own bread is very useful, but it doesn't have to be for us a long-term life strategy, and similarly, being able to eat what we have grown is both satisfying and good for the planet, but in our urban and privileged context, it's not something most of us need to do, or indeed can do, to get food on our plates. In our context, we bake bread for pleasure, for satisfaction. And so yeast is something we treasure because it gives us a good result. In our context, we garden for joy, creativity, gladness. And seeds that will grow beyond what we expect are on the whole something that pleases us and makes us smile. In scripture, when yeast or leaven is mentioned, it is overwhelmingly a bad thing. It's a sign of contamination to be cleaned out. The bread that was to be enjoyed, particularly on holy days, was unleavened bread. And very often yeast or leaven is used as a symbol of sin. And mustard plants were invasive weeds that took over the whole field and destroyed the crop. In Jesus' context, baking with yeast was not for holy times or godly food. It was to stretch a little, a long way. And it was risky because it could go off quickly and it was smelly and it was unpleasant. And invasive plants were to be destroyed and burnt. These parables are not neat, gentle little tales of small beginnings leading to big results. They're warnings that when God's kingdom is coming, it's invasive, it's disruptive, it's messy, it's unmanageable. Yeast in so much of scripture is a symbol of corruption. Where's the corruption in the society Jesus is talking to? For the people in charge, it would have been exactly the people Jesus was talking to. The ones who didn't keep the law, who compromised Israel's identity and blurred the edges of the community. And he's talking to people who were living under the rule of an empire that presented itself as civilizing as noble and majestic. The grandiosity of the Roman empire that has brought peace and prosperity to, well, at that time, to most of the world. And he's talking about another empire or a kingdom, and he's likening it, not to something majestic and noble and awe-inspiring, but to a pernicious weed that smells and that spreads sneakily. And more than that, the mustard seed grows big enough for all the birds of the air. Yes, those birds that come and eat the seed and cause a mess and generally get in the way. And the amount of leaven flour is enough to bake about 11 or 12 loaves. In other words, we're talking about huge amounts of breads, which would feed crowds of people. And we know what that can mean in terms of feeling comfortable and secure. The kingdom that Jesus is describing as coming in these stories is not neat and tidy. It's not controlled. It's not made up of those and such as those. It's precisely the opposite. It's the open, unboundaried, inclusive and messy kingdom. We have a tendency to domesticate the kingdom. We pray each time we say Jesus' words in the Lord's Prayer for the kingdom to come. And it sounds so safe and secure. It's such a good thing. It's comforting, it's reassuring, it's putting right all that is wrong. It is dealing with injustice. It's setting up a context of flourishing. Oh yes, it is all those things, of course it is, but not in the ways we expect and possibly not even in ways we feel comfortable with. The kingdom, says Jesus, is a mustard seed. It gets everywhere. It gets into all the neatly planted fields of what we think we need to keep us alive. All that we depend on to, or- to, to uh, sustain us and organize and protect our future. And when it grows, it will be a welcoming place for all those who are not at all constrained by the structures and the respectability, the birds of the air and it seeds itself again and again. It chokes out other crops that we thought we wanted, it gets in the way, it refuses to be rooted up. And yes, says Jesus, it is the yeast that makes the flour ferment and it's smelly and it's messy and it contaminates all that we regard as fixed and firm. It expands exponentially, it produces food for so many people, not an invited dinner party, but a crowd hungry and demanding and in need. These visions of the kingdom are not comforting. They're not developments of what we regard as good and structures that we normally assume as being valuable. Indeed, this kingdom that Jesus is talking about is precisely about upending and disrupting such structures. Weeds choke the plants that are grown for food. How does the kingdom get in and mess up the systems we assume are needed for a safe and secure society? Yeast makes flour bubble and ferment, makes it vulnerable to corruption, spreading everywhere. All the flour around it. How does the kingdom mess up our neat plants, our neat plans, and our assumptions about what is good and wholesome? If Jesus is speaking of the kingdom coming as weeds, and as contaminating, then what does that do? to our perceptions about where we find God's presence, God's action, God's coming kingdom. Unless we think this is something new, something different from whom God has always been, remember that promise to Abram. Because here Jesus is talking about the same thing. When God spoke to Abram about his future, he was promised that though there were currently none, there will be descendants more than the stars in the sky. And Abraham, who knew his only respectable heir was a servant in his own household, what's he to do with that? But God promises something quite other that turned out to be the absolutely unrespectable and unexpected child when Sarah was beyond the age of childbearing, Abraham beyond the age of begetting. To a couple who should not have children, God promises and gives descendants more than the stars of the sky. There is no end to what God will do with unpromising beginnings and by means that, by processes that a holy, respectable, neat, tidy God and the people of God think they should be avoiding. God seems to prefer unpromising beginnings, a childless couple, a smelly and invasive weed, a contaminating raising agent, The kingdom is not where or what we expect. It does not come through our normal means or follow the recognized rules. It's not neat and cultivated. It's not respectable and contained. It's God's doing. It's God's process. It's God's intention and God's promise. It upends what we think we know, what we've been taught to value it questions our assumptions, it challenges our preconceptions, it messes with our world and with our heads. We might want to think twice before we pray for the kingdom's coming.
5: God of every star that forms the glorious night sky God of small seeds full of potential God of the yeast in the dough We may not think that we're capable of very much But as we follow you, we see that we are always able to do something. We pray that you would continue to inspire us to commit to the small differences that we can make. May we bring peace through small acts of gentleness. May we bring love through small acts of consideration. May we bring wholeness and comfort through small acts of care. Because in these ways, God, these small differences make a huge disruption to the status quo. In our world, we pray for the people of Turkey, impacted by wildfires this week. We pray for safety and for hope as countless people rebuild their lives. We pray for the people of Afghanistan as heavy fighting continues between the Taliban and government forces. And we pray for all athletes competing in the current Olympic games. We pray for their safety and for self-worth as they show their strength and bravery through both their sporting achievements but also in their leadership. This week, the BMS prayer calendar invites us to pray for the work of BMS in Nepal. We pray for BMS workers, Pippa and Toby, as they move to Kathmandu in January, so their kids, Jakey, Ella and Millie can continue their education at the Kathmandu International Study Centre. We pray for BMS partner, multi-purpose community development services. As they start their new community development project. We pray that they will bless and empower the communities through the training that they provide. We pray for the Nepal Baptist College as they develop regional centres and for BMS worker Jenny Saunders who has been teaching a counselling supervision course. We pray for her as she trains Nepali counsellors to teach this course. As churches in Nepal meet today, we pray for their fellowship, that this will be a time of blessing, refreshment and of celebration. In the Baptist Union of Scotland, we pray for Ministry Administrator Ivy Young, as she continues to support our ministers and our churches. We pray for Hopeman Baptist Church in Moray, as they seek to be salt and light in their community. For Inverkeething Baptist Church, thanking God for their provision of grocery packages to folk who need it in their community throughout the pandemic. And for Inverness Baptist Church, as they seek to make Jesus known in the city of Inverness. In our churches of Hillhead and Grove Lane, we give thanks for this opportunity to meet together across distance and for both the technology and the friendships that allow this to happen. In Hillhead, we pray for our worship group and our musicians, for Jean R, for Sylvia and Norman, for Ailey, John, Owen and Ethan, for Joan R, for Margaret S, for Mary and Ian, for Nuala, Jonathan, Idris and Casper, for Jennifer, Neil and Jensen. As the church, we come together to share our lives with each other, our sorrow and our joy, our mourning and our celebration. We pray together for all those who mourn, that they would experience peace and be comforted in your unending embrace. We pray for all those who celebrate this week, perhaps with a coming together of loved ones that hasn't been possible for a while. We pray that they experience the deep joy of connection. We pray for our churches as we explore and seek ways to continue to be together, both digitally and physically, as we navigate the reduction in COVID restrictions. May this, instead of being a worry, be a time of excitement, creativity and surprises. For we know you have more planned for us than we can ever ask or imagine. In Jesus' name, Amen.
3: bread and wine, we hear again Jesus' words of eating and drinking in the kingdom. And again, we meet a kingdom that doesn't fit the rules, that isn't comfortable, that's created not through conquest or domination, but through an execution on a cross and a love that will not be defeated. It's represented not by armies, flags or national anthems, but by bread and wine, by the everyday stuff of life that is above all shared. Even when we cannot be in the same space, we do not do this alone, but in company with each other and with all others around the world and all others in time and space. Whatever else this kingdom is, it is community, held together not by force or constraint, but by mutual sharing, serving, self-giving when we have taken bread and wine together in these months it has not been according to the rules or the past pattern but it's been the plant adapting to its circumstances it's been the yeast pervading life as it is life as it changes this is the kingdom coming not according to what has been but what will be what is pointed to by this bread and this wine, life shared, life nourished, life celebrated, all rooted in love and self giving, and open and inviting all who wish to respond.
2: In a few minutes, we will take bread and wine. We will remember and remember all that it means to us. And we will anticipate the eternal banquet prepared for all. And with this in mind, we hear again familiar words recorded by the Apostle Paul. I received the Lord from the Lord what I also handed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And Paul added, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us give thanks. Blessed be God who gives us grain from the field and fruit from the vine. Blessed be God who gives skill to the farmer, the baker and the vintner. Blessed be God who welcomes us to this table to eat and to drink. May we receive with thankfulness God's good gifts to us. May we remember with thankfulness Christ's redeeming love. May we renew with thankfulness our commitment to Christ's service. Amen. Jesus took bread and he broke it. And he said, eat this and remember me. We eat and we remember.
3: And when supper was ended, Jesus took a cup and when he had blessed it, he gave it to them saying to them, To all of them, drink from this. We drink and we remember.
1: From where we are to where you need us, Jesus.
2: Now lead on.
3: From the security of what we know to the adventure of what you will reveal. Jesus, now lead on.
2: To refashion the fabric of this world until it resembles the shape of your kingdom. Jesus, now lead on.
3: Because good things have been prepared in the love of God. Jesus, now lead on.
2: ways may the spirit's untamable energy stir our hearts and minds to live courageously may christ's compassionate anger prompt us to live sacrificially may god's redemptive transforming shape our values and choices that we may experience in the here and now the hope of god's eternal rule amen